welcome 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 back to the black women working podcast today is season four episode three and we will be discussing all things interviews so how is everyone good thank yeah. you i'm good good Good. So thank you guys for supporting us again and listening to all our episodes. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. So please get involved by hashtagging BWW Podcast UK or adding us on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Podcast UK. And just engage with us. We really love to hear from you and to see what you think about what we're doing and just having some chit chat with you would be great. So today we have the lovely Sarah Smith with us and um, I just want to welcome you to the podcast and do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you. So I work for a global bank as a senior HR manager. I also have my own HR consulting business where I help organisations with their HR needs. And then I also have a um, a coaching business where I help individuals with kind of key career milestones. So if they're going for a job interview, doing some mock interviews with them, helping with CVs, LinkedIn, and then also some performance coaching. So if they already have a job, thinking about, you know, how they want to do better and the kind of objectives objectives and goals that they want to set themselves so that's what I do kind of in terms of my career and side hustle but apart from that I'm happily married I've got three kids um Ariana who's five twin boys who are three and I also look after my siblings who one in uni and one is in year 11 so kind of a packed life oh my god busy busy so busy (laughs) Well, we're happy to have you today. Um, I just thought I'd dive right in and get straight to the scenario of the episode. Um, and the scenario for today is, I am struggling to get past the interview stage. I am not sure what I'm doing wrong. Um, I think many of us, well, I can definitely relate. I can't talk for everybody else, but I can definitely relate to being stuck at this stage and not knowing how to kind of go forward and thinking, is it me? Is it the colour of my skin? Am I doing something wrong? Especially when the feedback is very vague. So um, I just thought I'd bring that scenario to the table. And so if you want to give us some advice on the scenario, have you dealt with this scenario before? Um, Would love to hear your take on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think this happens to a lot of people, you know, sometimes their CV and their LinkedIn is good enough to get them to the interview stage. But then when they get there, it's just really hard to break through, either to go through to the next interview or even just to get the job offer. And I think there's a couple of reasons why this tends to happen. And you can't, sometimes it's hard to narrow down which one applies to you. But the ones that I feel are the most typical is um, first of all around the job description. So a lot of people will look at the job description when they're applying, kind of read through it and say, do I wanna apply to this job or not? But then kind of when they get through to the interview stage, it's about re-looking at it and making sure that everything that is on there, you've got some kind of example or some kind of evidence to back up that you've got what it says on that job description. So I feel like a lot of people um, look at it initially, but they don't really spend that time to make sure that, okay, if they ask me a question about this, am I prepared, et cetera. And then also going further than that, on some of the most, the more general questions, so not even necessarily linked to the job description, how are you linking your response to the fact that you'd be great for the job? So I've heard sometimes, you know, like there'll be questions where they say, you know, tell me about a time when, you know, you've um, achieved something 
something great or you know your proudest moment or something like that and they will describe that and probably answer it perfectly but then they'll miss out on the step of actually linking it to the job so saying you know in this job this would be applicable because I would be able to you know use my strengths here and here this is how it would kind of be a benefit to the role etc so I feel like the art of tying it back so tying your your um, experiences to the role that you're going for I feel like sometimes that's lacking so even though you had what it took what it takes to get to the interview in terms of really shining and looking like a first class candidate they're let down a bit in that area I think another thing sometimes can be the confidence that you bring so like your body language like you might be looking down or not not smiling enough because you need to remember that an interview is basically it's, it's sales you're trying to sell yourself and if they feel like you're someone who like can't carry yourself like someone who's mm-hmm. fit to be in the role then it's really difficult for them to then push you to that next stage and then I think there's also just one around politics you know sometimes it might be a thing of they already kind of know who they want but they had to extend it out to more people and therefore like you're not getting past that stage because actually they already know who they wanted so I think it's usually one of those three there are other reasons as well but those are the ones that I think come up a lot Um, anyone else want to add that's a really good answer because I would say the same things but go ahead I've got loads of questions on this Um, (laughs) I'll start with okay let's start with leading linking to something that you've just said what if you are someone who is excellent on paper but you really really get nervous and stumble on your words in real life so this whole idea of selling yourself it's like yeah cool boom information boom application but when you sit and you can actually do the job but the interview stage is so intimidating yeah and you know it's so sad but this happens so it happens so much and you know you'll get people who will say just be yourself and stuff like that and I'm not saying that's a bad (laughs) thing like don't go be yourself but there's an art to succeeding in interviews and if you know that you've got a weakness in that area or let's say development point in that area in terms of how you um, portray yourself in interviews then you need to make sure that you do the work in order to overcome that weakness it's not good enough to say this is just how I am if they're not going to hire me for me then what's the point because Mm. then you're going to be missing out on so many opportunities if you know that's point you need to be getting in contact with people who can help go through that so doing mock interviews making sure that you know people Mm -hmm. are able to pull you up and say this is what you should be doing differently at this point you look like you weren't sure of what you were saying you were coming across too shy you know you need someone to be able to push you because it's not good enough to just say oh I'm not you know it's not me naturally I don't know you know I it's just who I am you have to go out of your way and I think that the best way to build confidence is through practice so I can't sell the mock interview enough like it's so important and even if you can't afford to do I mean there's loads of people who are really affordable like myself but even if you can't you know look at your (laughs) friends look at um people who have that strength and ask them like oh would it be okay like my friends reach out to me all the time they'll just be like like I feel like I'm gonna need some help with this with this interview do you know what I mean because people are normally willing to help but you have to put yourself out there and just ask Mm. Can I mm. ask a question, actually? Because um, obviously the target demographic of our podcast is black women. I don't know what your experience is in terms of the people that you work with. Do you find your clients are mostly black people or do you have mm-hmm. like a wide demographic of people? And if 
if um, so, um, can you identify any specific hindrances that particularly mm. impact black women um, specifically when they're trying to or they're struggling with interviewing? Yeah, yeah so question. I have... I have a range I have a range of clients but I would say most of them are actually black women just because I am so it's you know easy for them yes. to relate to me I would say the um there's quite a few differences I think one the fact that sometimes we hold ourselves back and and the reason I say that is it it's deeper than just because we're black um a lot of us have maybe like christian or like um muslim type upbringing for example and therefore if asked a direct question like do you have this kind of experience it's like it kind of kicks into <laughs> kicks into play it'll be like oh I don't like let me say no like I shouldn't lie kind of thing whereas I feel like with oh. job interviews <laughs> sometimes you have to be a bit like gray if that makes sense so you may not have done something specifically but maybe there was aspects of your role where you did kind of display that and being able to bring that to the forefront and really being able to demonstrate like the knowledge that you have in different areas as opposed to just being completely accurate with the question in which they asked it I, I don't know if I'm making sense but no, there's a no. whole lot of downplaying what we're doing trying not to seem as if we're proud or bragging mm. so there's a lot of um yeah like too there isn't humility. a lot of yeah too much it's all, and it's almost fake humility it's like we're mm. just so used, used to doing it you know like oh thank you please and like just you know of doing course. random things like that where it's it's not necessarily helpful when you're in the work environment and mm -hmm. even not even just for the interview stage just in terms of like promotion and trying to get somewhere when you're in your company mm -hmm. um there's certain kind of habits that we need to unlearn because it's stopping us from progressing so I think as black women we need to make sure that we're using the gifts that we naturally have like bringing our charisma mm. you know being eloquent making sure you know the fact that we're well prepared because for ages we've been told we need to be five times better in order to whatever so we naturally over prepare whereas someone who isn't black and isn't a woman might easily just be like oh it's just an interview like I'm just going to go in and do what I do let's mm. use the fact that we over prepare to actually help propel us to get us to the next stage of the interview and just and prepare in the right way so like I said before like going through that job description like nailing the different types of experiences that you've had I mean another thing that holds us back is even like on the CV we'll be putting stuff like you know um in the church choir and stuff like that not to say that's a bad thing but it's it's like um I, I'm constantly like and no, no you laugh but it's so real like people will be like church choir or you know looked after Sunday school and stuff like that on mm. their CV which I get is relevant experience but the truth of the matter is like you don't know who's looking at your CV mm. and mm. if they are not Christian as mm. we know like oh, the yes. country mm -hmm. you know what I mean you're straight away putting yourself in a bucket of oh do you know what I mean like mm -hmm. what this one. Mm -hmm you know mm. not this one and it's so easy it's so easy for you know sometimes you've done a course in Nigeria but you've also done one in the UK and then you've put like you've put Nigeria all over your CV like there's there's real biases ah, out there <laughs> do you see what I'm saying and then yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. people's email addresses you know we'll be using some funky oh, email addresses that's the worst from... one that's a basic please yeah that's so a, it's so basic, there's a yeah. it's, it's it sounds basic but this kind of CVs that I see and the kind of examples I hear people bring up I'm, I'm like mm. I know we're trying to get 
the world to a place where you know there isn't discrimination and stuff but we're not there yet we're really not there yet so we can't be holding ourselves back Mm -hmm. because we're not aware that there's people out there who are going to look at this and see something completely do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. completely different and we're going to be set apart because of that so it's just a couple of things but yeah I think black women we just need to come harder and understand that the competition is real especially in this pandemic when so many people have lost their jobs like it's going to be that much harder so to be ready good point yes um actually talking about the pandemic um I've noticed and obviously most people will know now that online interviewing is kind of the way forward and I think even after we come out of the pandemic we're still probably going to be interviewing online um, just to keep within our bubbles and to not be mixing with people that they're not sure of at that time so do you have any tips for like online interviewing I know for myself as a careers advisor many of my older clients have really struggled with this um Mm. in terms of they just don't know how to position themselves what is the best place where do you do it from like how it's just everything under the sun they're like how do we do this um yeah but do you have any tips for that yeah I mean it's 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 tough especially for like you said older people who maybe are not so tech savvy um Mm -hmm. and I think with that they just need to kind of reach out to people who know that can help them out it's one of those things once you learn you kind of get it but for that initial you do need a bit of support I think for everyone else like people who are quite young there's basic things that they need to um be aware of so stuff little things like making sure that no one is going to just randomly coming into the room so if you're in a house with Mm -hmm. other people just being able to say stay out of my room really important no noise no music you know just being really clear about how important it is um so that there's no unnecessary distractions working on things like lighting because you know and your background just to make sure it's quite neutral it's quite clear that they can see you clearly you know really it's literally a production and you're the main star and you need to look you need to look like it right and your sound Mm -hmm. like it's not the time of the interview that you're now going to check your sound like you should be doing like a practice with someone am I sounding okay is that do you know what I mean so that you you know that you know they're going to be able to hear you clearly because the worst thing in a virtual interview is for anything to distract them all you're trying to do in in that make sure they're concentrating and I think that's the very first step so once your background is okay your sound is okay you've got a controlled environment that's the first step Mm. the second step is then actually making sure that you know your content and know what you're trying to portray so being prepared with the basic questions like tell me a bit about yourself when Mm. was the time you know having different examples understanding the job role you're going for and having some questions that you want to ask at the end instead of being like no 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 I think you covered everything you know make sure you definitely have something that you can say at the end of the interview so I think those are the two main things that you need to watch out for but then the third thing is thinking that because it's a virtual interview that you can get away with like having notes that you're basically reading from is really different to have like bullet points versus like full paragraphs where you just end up just saying it because it's really because it's so easy to tell like even Mm -hmm. for me when I'm doing mock interviews I can't see you and I can still be like you're reading I can I can hear that you're reading because there's a way in which you speak which is so different from you reading something um but then it's even worse in the virtual interview where they can actually see you so they can see your eyes moving they can see you're not looking at them eye contact so important so these are the things that we like just because you're not in the room you need to act like you're in the room having a couple of bullet points 
is fine that you convert mm. to now and then quite naturally but anything above that yeah they're going to be able to tell and you're not going to look authentic i'm giggling about that because definitely with like some of my interviews i do you know what i did yeah i just propped my phone at a strategic place so my eyes wouldn't wander (laughs) like i've mastered this like i don't care what anyone says Mm. i've mastered this because i practiced beforehand and saw if my eyes were moving so i would just make sure i propped it in a specific place but it's like you like you said you're not writing paragraphs it's just little things that would trigger your memory oh i need to mention this i need to mention that so I feel that adds an edge of benefit towards Mm -hmm. um, virtual interviews but obviously you've got to know your strengths and your weaknesses if you're someone that you know can't handle that then don't even risk it because you could throw away an amazing opportunity yeah so important so another question I had you sure Shani (laughs) don't want to go (laughs) no I was going to get more techie so go on go on I'll go after um just as a careers advisor in general, like I have noticed a lot of um, misinformation around interviews that, that posted on different websites all around. And I just feel like I have to then come back to my clients and tell them, you can't do this, you can't do this. Oh, but this person told me or this website told me or this place told me. And I feel like there should be a step standard, but there isn't. However, <laughs> do you have... <laughs> any like don'ts because I know there's many don'ts and I feel like some people are like but I've done this before and I've got a job and yes it may work for you on that occasion but I feel like that's not going to always work for you and for some people it definitely won't work for them so do you have any don'ts like do not do this don't abbreviate the boss's name yeah like (laughs) you're getting too friendly before you've even got the job exactly oh that's such a good one that's such a good one I didn't even have that in my head but like honestly that is that is that's a really good one because you'll be so surprised like people will go in try and spud you know oh, try and so do all sad. kinds of things no, to no, be no. <laughs> like, no, especially if you if they're there, being interviewed sometimes you know when people are being interviewed by a black person they don't know how to act like oh they just God, they just yes. don't know how to act because if 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 they're black and then they go in and they see that the person who's interviewing is black you'd be so surprised like I was interviewing someone and like obviously I think I don't know how but I think Ghana came up and I mentioned I was from Ghana and then they started talking about food and stuff I was like we're still in the interview <laughs> do you know what I mean because it's, it's so easy to get comfortable when you when you're mm-hmm. do you know what I mean when you yeah but it's it's unnecessary um so my don'ts I think one really um one that I definitely don't ever do is reveal any unnecessary personal information so mm-hmm. if you were to like and one time I was actually asked um so the which you did it sorry I'm just trying to think how to do it but it was quite a big organization and at the interview she basically said I've got two kids um or something like that she said like I've got two kids and then she was like do you want to share or, or something like that huh? like, what? <laughs> so she was basically trying to find a way to find if I had any kids but by not asking directly because she knows she's not allowed to right Mm. so the way in which I answered it I I was like (laughs) yeah you know well no it's a really good job (laughs) and really good money but it was I was just like 
how did I, I, how did I, I said something like, oh, I have a partner or something like that. Like I, I wanted to share something because it was awkward now because of the way that she had done it. But I didn't want to share that mm. I had kids. I didn't want to share anything, mm. but it was just I the way said, in which oh, she did it was nice. very awkward. <laughs> that I was like, yeah, I, I was like, I have a partner. But even that, I said partner because you guys, um, yeah, if we were face to face, you'd be able to see. But basically, I've got like short hair, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's really like, even if That's I say ambiguity. partner, you will not be able to tell if mm. I am with a man or a woman. So mm-hmm. I just said partner because you never know which quote are they trying to get up. Is it a black woman? Is it a black oh, gay man? <laughs> like you, you, you never know. So I just kept it really vague. But it's really important that as women, and like I said, I mentioned the whole cultural thing before where it's easy for us to overshare sometimes because of our backgrounds and mm. um do you know what I mean? Someone could easily have said, yeah, I've got three kids, but mm-hmm. three kids is going to make it look like you don't know what the impact of you saying that will be like, oh, mm-hmm. because she's a mum, she's not going to have time to do this properly. It. There's a lot of I, travel I with this role. Share, yeah, I think I, I think I disagree a little bit and hopefully your advice might be able to, to see, you know, if my disagreement is valid. But on one hand, um, and we spoke, I think we spoke about this in season one the final episode of season one where we spoke about like career progression and sort of and maybe it's some of the interview don't so we shouldn't have been sharing like bringing yourself to the table because Mm. there's a lot of value to be added in terms of being a black woman in especially in potentially spaces where we are not dominant Mm. and so you never know you know we spoke about the fact that running that marathon um could be exemplary of your discipline or your will or whatever um, you know, we mm. spoke about the idea of just bringing something that says, oh, look, like there's a, a different character, a different dynamic that might add value to the team. So I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence here about, I get what you're saying, don't share too much. But the other side of it is there's, I think there's parts of, there's parts of me and my life and I know how to share and what to share. And I know exactly the context in which I would and wouldn't share. Um, But there's parts of me that I think it's important that you know. So I would say the complete opposite. Because of how I position myself and everything in my life, I think it's very important that you know that I have children. And I play that to my strength in that, um, so like yourself, I have my own children, but I also am a foster carer. So in essence, I look after somebody else's child. Um, But I I think I can play that to my strengths in, in... for me, parent is the biggest project management game you could have on hold. People don't truly appreciate what it takes mm. to be able to be a successful professional and manage your home. But the other side of that is, for me personally, and you can intercept on this, is that I'm quite confident in terms of approaching, say, my current career as a teacher maybe not if I was career switching it might be a bit different but in being very clear that I have a family and that family is very important to me and so therefore if this is I wouldn't say it like this in the interview of course but if this is a job that requires me to be on call 24 hours a day you're not going to be able to get that from me I'm not the sort of person that's going to work all the hours God send or work on the weekends because I have other commitments. And so if yeah. by asking me how many children I have or if I have any children, that's a way for you to decipher how much time I have for this organisation. Yes, it's illegal. Yes, you wouldn't be able to tell me you didn't get the job because you've got kids. But I would prefer mm. to not get the job if that's mm. how they see yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so I think I that's... Like that I think that's one is... 
a balancing act sorry no 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 no. I completely agree with everything that you just said in terms of I think it's a very personal one the reason I say it as a don't is because of the fact that you you don't know what they're going to do with that information so I think for mm. you where you're saying you don't mind what the outcome is because if they don't want you because of that then fine do you know what I mean you don't mm. want to be there anyway because that's your priority I think it depends honestly I think with teaching probably not a big deal um majority of teachers mm-hmm. are probably female and yeah. you know probably do you have family I think in the kind of um sectors that I work in it is that culture of like mm-hmm. you know working hours on on end um which it shouldn't mm-hmm. be and it is getting better but that culture is still there so there is always a fear of will they be able to do it but the truth of the matter is once you're in mm-hmm. and this is why I say it's not a don't for it's not a don't for life it's just a don't for the interview yeah. right because as yes. soon as you're in there's policies that kick in that will now protect you do you see what i'm saying so yeah. if i don't know all the kids <laughs> exactly and literally as soon as i got the job as soon as i got the job and the contracts were signed and i had my start date i set up a i would email the, um, the manager and i said i need to talk to you about something not a big deal but call me when you can kind of thing we talk and I say, just wanted to let you know that I've got three kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got two siblings that I look after. And um, so my hours may need to be flexible at point because, you know, even this last job that I had, it started during um, the lockdown, mm-hmm. which meant that obviously mm-hmm. I was homeschooling and everything else. Mm-hmm. And all of the policies protect me because now mm-hmm. I've got a job that I love I'm able to work basically half day so that I can homeschool so there's you know there's things that kick in after but Mm -hmm. if during um COVID I'm saying that I've got kids they already know I need to homeschool that could easily put me at a disadvantage do you see what I'm saying so I think with everything that anyone says in terms of advice you need to take it and apply from it what makes sense for what you're doing and what your circumstances are does that make sense because there's never going to be a one one rule fits all if that makes sense so I think there's a a lot to be said and I'm happy you brought that up actually because it is really different I think for me as well I've got my partner who can take on some of those extra kind of like man hours in terms of like when I'm busy at work he will take that on and I have that support so actually being a parent doesn't hold me back too much do you see what I mean mm-hmm. whereas there's some people mm-hmm. maybe if they're single mums etc there's no compromise so actually they need to know as soon as you know the employees need to know like as soon as possible that this will always be the priority and there's not going to mm-hmm. be a way around it so yeah really happy you brought it up because it, it makes a lot of sense yeah, I didn't mean. I mean, I did mean to interrupt you, but I didn't mean to interrupt the <laughs> yeah. flow. In case, are there any more don'ts? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so them. many don'ts, but um, <laughs> don't. I, I mean, people sometimes like ask questions um, in the interview stage, which they really don't need to know until after. So they'll be asking stuff like, "Oh." how many holidays mm. and like well, how often please. do people get raises and do you know what I mean stuff like that like <laughs> first of all make sure when you're giving your salary expectations it kind of gives you a buffer like for mm-hmm. me when I'm asking mm-hmm. for a salary is it includes what I want to get by bonus it includes like do you know what I mean it includes a lot of stuff so that regardless mm-hmm. of the questions that I want to ask I know that I'm happy for that year and anything mm-hmm. else is a bonus That's do you get what I mean point. I've mm-hmm. never heard that advice actually before it's for it to include every like for it to include the buffer I'm going to take yeah. that on yeah yeah no really important really important I mean once you I think when you're moving jobs within an organization I just feel like um 
bargaining for salary and benefits and stuff is is much harder because mm-hmm. normally they'll cap it but when you're moving organization i would say like don't bother leaving for like it should be more than 10k more than 20k if you can do you know what i mean mm-hmm. because it's a whole new organization and you're able to really kind of negotiate for what you want without the inner politics yeah. of it all it's true and um, they can just bring you down from what you say like you leave the gap a bit large so that if they have to bring you down you'll still be like this is you're still covered <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and, they know what and then getting, even before they interview you kind of yeah. exactly they know what you're exactly. looking for yeah and then i think the um last one in my head is don't trash your last job like the worst thing <laughs> is for you to you know why are you leaving your last job oh like they were you know that my manager was horrible you know I, I didn't like the company I didn't feel like it was going anywhere you know stuff like that because they will straight away think oh is this what you're gonna say about us like you know when because no one stays anywhere anymore right people are more about mm-hmm. well nowadays anyway a lot more people are moving from from role to role so try and stick with things which are less even if that was the case like you hate mm-hmm. that company your manager whatever whatever you want to be going things more like you know I wanted an opportunity where I could really grow like I've always wanted to move into this industry if it's a change of industry or if it's a change of role and if that wasn't possible at my old role stuff like that is safer than trying to absolutely you know a lot of people and a lot of black women especially can sometimes move because of bullying and harassment and racism and all of these things right but the truth of the matter is don't go into into your interview saying that because the organization you're going to might also be rife with those things anyway and it and it's like you you need to there's very few organizations where people walk out like oh my that was that was a brilliant experience do you know what i mean but you know when it's brilliant they enter they tend to like stay comfortable and not even bother leaving so so let's um yeah let's just get smarter in terms of answering that question around why are you leaving and yeah it's it's a really big don't in terms of yes it happened yes it was painful you know but the chief of the matter is don't let that stop you from getting other great opportunities because you're not able to kind of know what's best for you to say in an interview setting mm-hmm. I would um actually like to ask you a question in terms of like what brought you to this kind of career path and field what was it that inspired you to get into this kind of this work yeah it's an interesting one actually because when I was in uni um I was always the person I don't know if you've got a friend like this but the friend who like everyone sends their CV to like oh does it look okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) um to help them fix up and to help them with the interviews and stuff and so I think it was just a natural thing. I've been doing it for my friends for years, you know, and I always look back and I'm like, why didn't I turn this into a business? Like I could have been like 10 hmm. years into my business at this point. Do you know what I mean? Um, a real side but, hustle at uni, boy, when you really Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but instead I was just, I was just doing it for free. And do you know what? I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't, I don't really regret it because I needed to go through. Mm-hmm a lot to understand okay these are the do's these are the don'ts this is what they're looking for this is what they care about and yes my interview my cvs and interview stuff was okay at that point for that point but things have evolved so much you know what I mean and I'm happy that I've been able to kind of stay on top of it and been able to just help people outside of my friendship group you know um like it's so nice when you get that feedback and it's like oh I got the job like Mm -hmm. it's just so nice to hear because it's like you've actually helped someone like get an income you've helped them to move up in life you've helped them to like 
been able to sustain themselves and I think there's just a joy that comes with that like would I ever give up my full-time role to like do this full-time probably Mm. not because it doesn't (laughs) because it doesn't do you know what I mean because the pay is not isn't the pay is not there whatsoever I literally sometimes I'm just like wow like what I'm charging because honestly I have to say like I'm really affordable to just because I just want to help as many people as possible and I know that sounds really corny but there's so many people out there who need help who I just feel like are tapped out because it's like I'm trying to look for a job how can you be charging me a stupid amount do you know what I mean and I just feel like a lot of people do struggle with that so I just felt like it would be good to have a service which can actually help people out I even started offering like free office hours so like on a Monday and Wednesday seven to eight people can book like 15 minute slots for me like if they have a question if they want me to look at something quickly etc just so that like that even the money isn't a barrier and they're able to just access like help where they need it especially through this pandemic when like so many people are losing their jobs people have to rebrand people have to go into new industries Mm. and it's not even just the pandemic because this would have happened anyway probably at a slower pace because so much technology is coming in that people are mm. going to need to retrain. They're going to need to think differently. They're going to start having to start thinking about what skills are needed for the future because a lot of people are doing jobs that can be done by robots and yeah. more and more organisations are going to be like, this is so much cheaper for us to invest in automation or invest in robots and we don't actually need these people. I mean, look at Topshop, like all these all these shops which have had to close down, everyone who's working in retail... Yeah. You know, yes, you can go out and see if anyone else is hiring, but the truth of the matter is there isn't as many roles and they're going to have to think of something new. Do you think, um, in your experience, there's a certain, there's different levels of application when it comes to learning how to interview um, correctly? So say, you know, you might have, a, I don't know, a teenager going for a retail job or just so on mm. and so forth. Do you, is it something that evolves over time or there's some just basic fundamental strategies which people of any age group in any kind of qualification and experience just kind of need to apply yeah I think there are basic fundamentals but I think the game changes as the higher you go so it's the same like you know footballers like you might be a sick footballer in your like (laughs) in your town team but you go to Premier League it's a completely different do you know what I mean it's a completely different game but Mm -hmm. the rules haven't changed you still need to be able to dribble a ball kick a ball score do you get what I mean so I think it's the same with interviews that there is fundamentals that you just need to get you need to understand eye contact you need to understand how to link your experience I mean someone who's a teenager if they ask him about experience they they know he basically doesn't have experience but he still has to try and make something up he still has to say oh at school like I I learned about teamwork because I was on a project and I had to work with people and my role in the project was to lead the group's direction. It's the same thing, right? But it's going to be like a, it's yeah, it's not going to have as much depth as someone who's going for a role as a CEO who now needs to really like sell himself. Maybe CEO is even bad because most of them get it because they're friends. But the, well, maybe is, like the, that is how it happens. maybe it's like, you know, like the senior management type roles, right? And the director type roles, you really need to go in and be able to sell yourself in a whole different a whole different level Mm. to someone who's now trying to get a job at McDonald's so I think there are basic fundamentals that everyone can learn but at the end of the day you need to make sure you're leveling up 
um, and you're getting the support that you need because a lot of people who are going for these senior roles they have coaches they have people who are really like telling them exactly what to say how mm. to say it when to look do you know what I mean like mm. what what color tie to it etc so Gosh. it is a different game and people are walking around thinking everyone is doing what I'm doing mm. you know preparing by themselves and going but some people are in some no, people are yeah. going in prepared and some people are going in thinking that they've prepared themselves and the game is not the same someone who's trying to clear their skin by themselves by watching youtube videos and someone who goes to a dermatologist they're not ah. the same <laughs> it's, it's not the same so it's like you need to based on how much you want choked. the role you need to <laughs> you need I, to I invest i feel dragged <laughs> and i'm not even applying for a job oh, <laughs> But yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, answered it very well, actually. Very well. I, I know, I know we're short on time, but I do have one that I question that I think is quite important. It's um across the board, right? Taking a little uh, spin away from what we have been speaking about, assessment centres, uh... because. <laughs> as someone who has like as someone who has like assessed people in assessment centers even mm. i don't think that they are per, i don't know what's uh, i don't think they're a good way to assess people um That's personally mm. and i just feel like sometimes people that be- perform well on assessment centers they're rubbish in mm. real life so i don't know Mm. Yeah, so I mean, there's various versions of assessment centers, right? You get the ones that are taking yeah. you through all the loops, do this group scenario, do this written task, mm. do this, this, this. I think what comes to mind the most to me is, okay, I think two that I think people typically come to me and feel threatened by is the group scenario, because, and I feel like there's definitely psychological war tactics. Yeah. Even, even when like I've seen in interviews at school where they put all the candidates in the same room to do something individually but you're sat and you're watching oh like are they gonna like yeah oh my god it's like hunger games so there's that so there's the group tactics which some people are put off by and if you have any advice on that but the other one is like the maths i have so many people of all ages that are like I've got a data task, or I've got a maths task. And sometimes it is so basic. I'm like, mm. how? Because I'm not going to lie, I've to sat you. with one and two. I've sat with one and two people on an online interview to look at the questions with them as moral support. But I'm like, because they're so panicked and maybe they've had a bad experience with maths or whatever, they, they, it's Can't like process. one plus one cannot equal nothing in that moment. Yeah. What do people do with assessment centers where it's not about talking about yourself? It's that sort of unseen task. You're either with a group or you're having to do something that you know you're supposed to be able at, which you are able at, but under the pressure of the interview, you crumble. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens all the time. I think there's two bits to that, right? So the group dynamics, I think you just need to know your strengths. So in terms of like, which role are you going to go for? and 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 stick to, and stick to stick to the plan stick to the role because there's people who know themselves and they know they're you know quite outspoken and can lead a group etc so for them really easy like as soon as the question comes out you take charge okay guys so what i'm thinking is whatever whatever like be the clear leader if that's if that's your personality type Mm -hmm. then there's someone else i mean there's another role that's needed around general timekeeping making sure that they're actually answering the question do you know what i mean just being that diligent attention to detail type person 
Then there's someone who is just a builder. So someone will say something and you just build on what they've said. You might not be with someone who can easily come up with new ideas or think outside the box, but actually you can build well. So you can be like, oh, that's a great idea. I think like to make it even better or something like that, or have you thought about, you know, trying to understand those key phrases that you can bring out when you're in a group situation. And then there's someone who's, who can um, just make sure that the quiet people are actually also contributing mm. because these are the, the things that typically recruiters will be looking for. So, you know, what was their role and did they play it well? Do you see what I mean? So yeah, yeah. everyone isn't going to be a leader. So by you trying to be a leader when clearly someone else has taken that spot, as a black woman, you could just end up looking like the angry black woman that doesn't know how yeah. to control her emotions, yeah. that doesn't know how to act. So just being really conscious mm-hmm. of what the stereotypes are you know around you and making sure you're countering that sorry i would say the best role that you can do if someone wants to be in control is the timekeeper because yeah that makes you look very organized and then it because you are keeping time you have to interject and you have to be like okay guys can we move forward so in summary xyz so i always put the i always put the timekeeper through to the next round in my (laughs) humble opinion I think it's quite useful to even hear that out loud to like yeah. have your role because mm-hmm. if in my experience any assessment center with the group tasks that I've had to do the interviewer the organization will come back and ref- will reflect back the scenario but also reflect back the role you played and if you had a clear role in mind it's easier to then communicate what you saw as the benefits of your role Um, but I also think just to add a a quick example is that it's really important that you are clear on your understanding of the task and what you want to get out of it so for example Mm. when I had my teaching assessment center um, we had this group situation where we had to get um, funding allocated to a student and everyone around the table had to nominate their student Mine, I managed to speak up enough that mine got nominated to the top three and then I backed down and the interviewer at the end said, oh, I noticed that you kind of stopped promoting yourself and backed down what happened. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, you said the objective was that we had to make a team decision. You didn't say the objective was that my candidate had to win. win. And so I was really clear on I'm going to speak up enough, but obviously organisational tactics and working Mm -hmm. well going forward, I mean, I understood that I didn't have to win. But but my point there is knowing exactly what role you're playing, like Mm -hmm. staying conscious of the fact that you're in a role play, essentially, um, Mm -hmm. and really understanding what the nature of the task is. Because if I was too aggressive with the mind must win, I might have missed Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It's so critical. And I think some people just go in like willy nilly. Like for me, I will have at least two roles that I could be. And if no one kind of challenges me too much, then I know that's what I've got my first choice and my second choice. Um, Because I'm quite outspoken, I normally can get that leadership role. But in the time when it doesn't, I take the builder role. Because mm-hmm. if someone has a good idea and they, I'll be like, yeah, build on it, make it even better or point out some challenges or some weaknesses. And just even been, being able to have like SWOT in your head, like with every idea that comes up, what are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats and using that as your segue into knowing kind of what question to ask or how to build on something. It's really useful. I love the idea mm-hmm. of like the whole interview slash um, 
assessment process being like a psychological battle and not just like the practicalities of what you know you can do but it's also about playing the game and playing it well and knowing who your actual adversaries are and how to just kind of get that one up on other people that may be competing with you i think maybe if some people approached it more from that it would actually feel a bit more exciting and just a bit more inspiring to kind of try and make it through like yeah it's like natalie Mm -hmm. says like the hunger games and when you get literally survival of the fittest yeah (laughs) Yeah. survival of the fittest i mean and most things in life are right you need to do what you can to survive and i think when it comes to interviews or assessment centres is, is no different. Oh, excellent. Um, well, we're literally wrapping up now. I could talk about interviews all day. I think you've really <laughs> given us a deeper insight mm. into it because obviously in my role, I support people a lot with interviews, but hearing from somebody else can actually give me a lot of tips that can I can use to then support my clients. So thank you so much, Soa, for joining us today. Um, I just want to add that... Um, we just have a lot of things going on right now and we just want you to support us on our socials. So please make sure that you hashtag us BWW Podcast UK and you follow us on Black Women Working Podcast UK on the socials and all of those things. And you email us blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com to get any extra information from us or make any suggestions on topics we should cover. So just email us there. Yeah, I'd say mm-hmm. thank you to everyone. We've had quite a few people sign up to the newsletter as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've come through that via the socials or listening to episodes, but we welcome everybody that's new to the platform. And I would say if you are new to the platform, there are several episodes which will be signposting you to, which kind of allude to interviews as well. Like when we discussed yeah. hair, we mm-hmm. were talking about what makes you look and feel good for an interview. When we okay. discussed career progression, we've also shared some tips. When is it time to leave your job yes. last season? Yes. So there's quite a few other episodes that tie up nicely with like really getting yourself into the zen of having a successful interview mm-hmm. also in this se- um, season with a uh, cv tips as well so yeah that episode as well yeah um so i want to give you the opportunity of course to kind of promote your work and get some more clients so let everybody know where they can find you and find your services Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for this opportunity. Um, For everyone listening, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at sewa.smith. Hopefully that's simple for everyone to know. That's where I'm most active. So um, if you, yeah, contact me there, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. thanks guys so what i offer sorry is like mock interviews cv and linkedin help i also help um small to medium organizations with their hr needs thank you guys no problem and just to spell that for the listeners that's s-e-r-w-a dot smith so yeah and it'll be on our gram as well yeah we'll make sure it's there we'll tag you and everything yay (laughs) thank you guys this has been so awesome you guys are great Thank you for joining us. So that's it from us tonight, guys. But we'll speak to you again soon in our next episode. All right. All righty. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.